0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Pilot Boys episode 96. Today, we're going to talk about the Drake and Kanye beef. We're going to talk about mandates on vaccines. We're going to talk about all of the chaos in Afghanistan. And OnlyFans is changing a few rules, um, getting into our deep dive later. So stay tuned. And, you know, we're excited to get this thing started.
1: Let's go. Welcome to the Pilot Boys podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. Pilot Boys
0: And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha.
1: Pilot Boys in the Building, episode 96. This is one of my favorite years, man. I Just something about 1996 that yeah. was, a, was just a great year. I turned 16.
0: Damn. Yeah. You just dated yourself right there. I don't care. Damn. That's old, bro.
1: As I said, fine wine is better than new wine. So.
0: <laughs> I love that. Um, 96, I still still wouldn't remember that year, but uh, I know it was a good one. My sister was born the year prior.
1: You mean you don't remember what was happening when you were five years old?
0: I don't remember much before 2018. No, really like 2020, to be honest.
1: Most of your memories are from stuff, your parents and other people tell you from that age.
0: Yeah. I'm like one of those people that, you know, if I sit and think hard, I'll, I'll remember something, but for the most part, like it's just blank.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm a
0: very forward focused person. I think
1: present and forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully present. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the key figuring out how to stay present. Right. So, so
0: talking about presence, Here's the gift that keeps giving is the Drake and Kanye beef. Um, Last week, Drake dropped some lines on a Trippy Red track on Trippy's new album that was a very direct diss at Kanye and Pusha T, essentially saying very explicitly, "Hey, nothing Kanye does is going to affect my release date. It's already set in stone. It's happening." So, you know, it's interesting few few pieces here. One, this the context is that everybody thought Connie was trying to mess with Drake by essentially taking up the entire month of August to do these Donna parties yeah. without really giving much clarity as to when his album was going to come out. If he did drop an album, essentially, it would give Drake the opportunity to significantly outperform him on a different day. So he wants to create the competition. Essentially, he's relying on the hate he can create for Drake to get his numbers up so he can feel like he won. Essentially, that's part of the context here. The other part of it is that if you were to look at the whole thing as as you know maybe some performance art it's it's a little bit about getting attention getting eyeballs evoking some reaction um on the flip side drake has been very coy about his release date he Mm -hmm. mentioned at the end of july that the album was finished and it was getting mixed and he did say that it was going to come out in august but as of today when we record this it's august 24th it does not seem likely he's going to drop it this friday so I don't think we're going to get his album in August. I think we'll get it probably sometime in September or, or October because he is you know, an, an OVO, the creator of OVO, right? So yep, a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting stuff going on in that. How do you parse you know the, the, the beef between the two? like do you think that that really, like at, at this point, do you think Drake's side takes it as seriously as he did the last time around?
1: I mean, I just I don't know how to read into any of these things because if you look at Drake and you look at Kanye, they both are really really good at at creating attention, right? Yeah. And and part of this is you wonder if they're both kind of just doing this as a way to build both of their albums up because this this has happened many times before with Kanye. the The most known example is that him and Fifty Cent. aim to release on the same day and made like a million dollar wager on who would sell more records, um, in the opening week. But it just seems like this whole thing is, I just never know what these beefs, what's real anymore yeah. and what's being done just to, to create excitement and entertainment for us to tap into and pay attention to, because this is, this is at the end, it's like all, all attention is good attention seems to be like Kanye's motto. And then you deal with a Drake who's very calculating and knowing what he's doing. It wasn't by accident that he released that verse after Kanye has been generating all of this attention around the Donda release. You know what I mean? Like the events, the timing is very interesting in the sense that he released it while all of that noise is around Kanye and his release date. And it's almost like, are they both like sitting in a room talking to each other, laughing at all of us. Yeah. Um, saying, look at how we're playing the world, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, it's, it's funny too. So after Drake's lines, Kanye put up a screenshot on his Instagram of a group text that it looked like, you know, there's some letters at the top, but, you know, hypothesis would be that Drake was in there and Virgil was in there. And yeah. the previous text before the text that he screenshotted was a reference. It was essentially Kanye saying to Virgil, um, hey, make me make me a green green watch as yeah. well. I want my diamonds doing front flips, something yeah. like that, <laughs> yeah. which was yeah. hilarious. Um, so to me, part of that indicates like there is some joking and camaraderie there. Right. Yeah. But then he posted this Joker meme and then he posted this um, this, uh, you know, very strong message brought Pusha T into the conversation, you know, kind of implying like, He brought in Pusha T, you know, to to go after Drake again. And, you know, to your point, like it feels kind of concocted because putting a screenshot on your Instagram is a pretty intentional move.
1: And then taking it down. Yeah. Like five. And then and then the second the one that really got me thinking that this is all bullshit is when he posted the location of Drake's house. Oh, yeah. you, You have Drake's response laughing for five seconds. It's like. It, it would seem like it's a big deal if somebody posted someone's address, but I think yeah. it's pretty readily available information yeah. where Greg's house is in Toronto. Um, so it wasn't like he was like disclosing something that wasn't already public information.
0: You Plus know? the Dude's got gates and stuff, right? So it's like gates,
1: security and yeah. like, it's in Toronto. What's going to happen?
0: Yeah, No one's going to go. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's such an interesting moment in hip hop because we're, I feel societally, we're at the end of like trigger culture. I think we're starting to phase into like acceptance, forward thinking, rationality. I see these things coming to the forefront. And uh, I see a lot of people I know not as reactive as they used to be. You know, you think so? The, yeah, I really do. Like most people I know are balanced way more than they were last year. And I, a big part of it is actually talking to people in real life.
1: Yeah, I mean, that could be true. I mean, but at the same time, we're dealing with continuing to deal with trigger culture, with cancel culture, with specifically on social media. In real life, I probably would agree with you. I think yeah. the pandemic has made people uh, a lot more, forced people to be a lot more introspective and a lot more open um, to opinions outside of their own. But what I see in the digital world and the social media world is these big time triggers that everyone they try to engage everyone in those platforms to fall into the most recent example being the, the whole thing with the baby um, but it just seems like there's different things that continue to happen like we just we talked about it off air with the shikari richardson finishing ninth it seems like these things that trigger opinions continue to be what drives social media culture at least
0: yeah i and that i agree with i think social media culture is driven by that but I do feel that social media culture is not as much a part of mainstream American culture as it was a year ago, in large part, because we're not in our homes, only communicating digitally. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like physical interactions increase empathy. They bring us closer together. And, you know, for for anyone out there who does like to spend a lot of time on social, yeah, take a break. It's, it's just not it's not real in there.
1: No, it's not. <laughs> Go on there, post what you need to do to yeah. post. When you have, you know, one thing that I think has really helped uh, me with social media is that there's a handful of people like that I know, my friends and people that I've met along my journey who I genuinely care about. So I like looking at their posts. It's an easy way for me to like stay connected to people. I'm not one of those people that doesn't want people to see me looking at their stories. It's like, if I fuck with you, then I'm going to look at your story. You know what I mean? Um, It's not a social game for me.
0: I think it's the same thing with read receipts. If I read it, I'll let you know. If I don't respond, that's also me letting you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's fine. You know, the the reason I don't leave my read receipts on is because I'm, I'm really bad. Sometimes like I'll read something and for, and know that I'm supposed to respond to it and not respond to it. So I'd rather, it just makes it easier. So I know when I respond that people aren't going to be like this. This motherfucker responded to me four (laughs) hours later. You know, (laughs) (laughs) four hours after you saw the message. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's fair. fair. But I never
1: do it. I'm not doing it. Intend if I see a message, I feel like I'm not one of those people. Oh, I need to wait an hour to respond. You know, it's yeah. If I don't respond, it's really because I forgot. Yeah, or my mind got got triggered by something else. You know, and I, I got distracted. You know,
0: the thing with like all of these beefs too, right? Is like. You know, I'm legitimately a fan of both artists involved with the Drake and Kanye. So yeah. it doesn't benefit me to see them argue. It's just like, to me, it's just disappointing because I, I just want them to release their art and just continue being great at what they do. You know, I I think like as a fan, it's like kind of annoying at this phase to see this continue to continue to go, continue to be a thing. I think some people appreciate it. Some people are intrigued by it, but. It just feels like they're beating on the same drum that they've been beating on for a while and I'm ready for like a change in how we
1: interact. Well, the thing is I completely understand it from Kanye's perspective, right? He's fighting for relevance still. Mm -hmm. Um, He's done a lot of things to make a lot of people not really, a lot of people just don't tune in anymore to what he's doing or what crazy things he's doing anymore because it's just like, this guy is clearly playing games and he's not dependable. He's broadcast opinions that doesn't matter. (laughs) Like they're just generally like, okay, why the hell would somebody say some stuff like that? Right. So he hasn't done himself any favors. And then his music has also become less relevant. Um, probably in the last, I I don't really like a lot of the stuff that I've heard recently from him.
0: Me either. Yeah.
1: Uh, And I think, um, Drake, on the other hand, is still very anything he releases musically, he does he can lead with the music. Yeah. So I don't understand why how he continues to benefit from a beef with Kanye. You know what I mean? Like from that perspective, I completely understand how Kanye benefits from having a beef with Drake, but I don't understand the other, the other side of that coin.
0: And I was talking with uh Nafis and, and Nev about this the other night and uh Actually, last night. And uh, something I didn't know is that Kanye has been spending a lot of time studying performance artists in New York. So a lot of his inspiration and recent focus artistically has been on performance art, essentially like putting yourself in weird situations or doing things to get people to react in different ways. Mm -hmm. So if you were to observe this whole beef through a performance art lens, then it's understandable that he's trying to make a statement and like that could be a different means of artistic expression for him. Than what he's done musically and fashion wise up until now, but I think from my lens as an individual, and you know, you could argue because I feel a way that it is working, it's good art because it's making me feel something. Yeah, but uh, and you know, I'll, I'll yield that. But at the end of the day, like that's great that it exists, but I don't go to Kanye's Instagram. I don't, I don't even know if I follow him or not, but I don't care because the stuff is so like exhausting to tune into and i understand i could if you give full benefit of the doubt here and say he's trying to make a brilliant statement that's great but like at what cost are you making that statement like as a role model in society as an influential person in society is it really worth it to soak the flames like this just to stay relevant and just to get attention or you know is a like i'm a big fan of a graceful exit like what john mayer has done musically is mm-hmm. very respectable, in my opinion, because he continues to make great art. His TikTok is huge because he's very authentic on there, and that's how he maintains his relevance, is just learning the new language of the time. But he as an individual continues to grow, get better, and that's inspiring to me to watch. Um, but when I watch somebody like antagonize others for the sake of reaction, its to me, it's a negative for society.
1: Yeah, it's a negative for society and it's a negative for society's perception. Not that you're supposed to care so much about what people think of you, but if you are an artist of the caliber of Kanye, who has provided so much artistically, specifically in music to the world, he's one of the greatest artists of this era Yeah, to create these type of distractions. They have nothing to do with your art just to just to create a, create a reaction it just seems like it's going, it's, it's what's causing it's caused issues. He might think he's winning and he yeah. might be winning financially, but as a person, I don't know how he's reconciling this by him when he's by himself. Like if everything is done with, through a calculated friends, like you're calculating what, why you're doing things and you're not leading with authenticity, you lose yourself. Right. I absolutely like, agree. Who is Kanye West? Who are we? Like the authenticity element is gone in his and the that's identity why, as well. Yeah, and that's why I think he's losing relevance. You yeah. Know, he, yeah. He's not as relevant as he used to be. He may not see that because he's a narcissistic person, but you know, and I also see the vision of where he's going with these these shows um for Donuts it's business, right? He wants a situation where people embrace, like it's the same thing with the church thing. It's mm-hmm. all a lens for him to sell whatever he's trying to sell to people. Like yes. the whole church performance thing was about selling church clothes. Yes. W- correct. And, and the same thing with this, it's a way for him to leave with his easy merchandise and all of that stuff. So, but I'm just not a fan. Like I understand being smart and being calculating, yeah, but I don't like the idea of being calculating and being inauthentic and only doing the calculations and not caring how it how it reflects on who you feel you are and who, how society feels feels about you. I'm not a fan of that.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think that's that's a super well stated point. I think it brings up the question like there's value in all art. But when you are doing things in a way that they hurt society and create profit is it something that we should care about?
1: No. Yeah. I don't think so either. The larger question is why do we care? Why is, why do, despite how people feel about Kanye, why is his, I still don't fully understand why his line is as successful as it is.
0: I think that's a really great point. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I necessarily understand it either. I think there's some things he makes that I think are really great. Like, I'm a big fan of the easy croc. You know what I mean? I think it's fucking dope, right? And it's like, we know from being in the industry, it's not Kanye doing any of his art. It's him finding good artists and then paying paying credit. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing that Virgil is often, you know, disliked for, you know?
1: Yeah. He's essentially a creative director. Right. You know, but he's not, Virgil isn't designing any of this stuff. No,
0: not at all. So, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's great to see people like try and make artistic statements. But at the same time, it's also like, especially with Kanye, I would I would wager to say it's whack.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, (laughs)
0: that's a that's a bold proclamation for me. But, you know, I feel I feel honest about it, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. Moving things forward into something else societal, forced vaccinations may be coming as a result of the Pfizer vaccine being cleared by the FDA. Um, This is an interesting situation because the people who would be forced to take the vaccine are medical professionals. And Mm -hmm. I believe this would be the first time in American history that you would be forced to take a vaccine. Yeah. How do you feel about this?
1: It's interesting, man, because there are two schools of thought on this. One is understanding the idea of liberty and living in America and and having that idea of freedom of choice. But if you really dig deeper, there's a lot of things that are forced on us. They're just not blatantly told to us that they're being forced on us.
0: Mm, right. Like what?
1: Many things like you get vaccines when when you're born
0: Mm-hmm. Most
1: people get those vaccinations, babies. It's children.
0: not your choice; it's your parents' choice. So you're right; it is kind of just given to you.
1: It's just given to you. You know the idea of, of even tapping into the, the the education system, standardized testing, how you get into universities, how you go through society and 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 get to certain places. They set standards that you have to follow to get those positions, right? Right. Uh, not so much as like a, like a forced vaccination. Um, definitely from a, like you said, it's something that we haven't seen before, right? Medical care specifically, you're supposed to always have a choice to say yes or no Yeah. Um, to it. So it's very unique. But if you look at like the data and the, the fact that in America we're still dealing with this, this virus at the level that we're dealing with it at, i think is a direct reflection on anti-vax culture here because if you i know there might be some some manipulation but if you go throughout if you just take china out of it and you go into places like japan or other countries in the asian subcontinent in which they're mandatory things are mandatory wearing a mask when you're riding the train is mandatory taking a vaccine is mandatory they're not dealing with the same issues still with this virus um, that we are and other countries are. And China, they're forcing everyone to vaccinate,
0: right? Yeah, I will say this. The Asian COVID effects are far worse than America right now in terms of what it's doing to manufacturing, what it's doing to shipping. So despite this uh, forced vaccinations, it's still not, not as good as it is here over there.
1: No, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, but the thing is, they're making, they've kind of shut down. A lot of things have shut down over
0: there. Yeah, time, right? 100%. And they've
1: forced people to shut down temporarily to open back up. And the question is, you know, as a society, no, none of us really know what this, still know where this virus is headed. But what we do know about viruses is that they fight to survive. And we as a society just have to kind of decide do a cost benefit analysis for thinking beyond our own individual opinions and perspectives and saying okay i may not agree with this whole vaccine thing but if it opens our country back up it, it allows us to go back to normal then that's the reason i took the vaccine you know what i mean it's like i don't i don't i don't really like taking medications for a lot of things, but I took the vaccine because I looked at it as something beyond me, you know? And, and that's, that's kind of where it's, it's unfortunate that we have to force people to do this and pay them a hundred dollars. But if that's what needs to be done for us to get back to normal, um, then I'm for it. I don't know where you stand on it.
0: You know, I, um, I think that, you know, personally, um i took the vaccine but it wasn't for anyone else it was for my own convenience it was so that i could go watch sporting events or travel or do the things i wanted to do um i think from a government standpoint when you get into the practice of regulating health it's a slippery slope in terms of power dynamics from the government and the responsibility of the government to protect the freedom of the people especially in a democracy And in this situation, I believe that America is currently the most free country on Earth. Mm -hmm. I think that if there is a forced vaccination effort, I think it likely would be unconstitutional or ruled unconstitutional down the line. Um, And I think that this is this is what the cycle is with governments. Like if you read back into any sort of government of the past, they start out extremely people oriented, extremely free and over time whether it's you know outside circumstances or war or health crises they increasingly create rules to preserve order in their society and ultimately end up ruling the society which is not you know the desired outcome here but you can see with the way that you know and it's not to say right or left but left is always going to pull left as governments yeah. mature they're going to go left that's just yeah. the the nature of things So there's an importance to pull right, in my opinion. There's an importance to advocate for freedom, make sure individuals have their rights protected and make sure individuals have the ability to make decisions. Now, would more people die if people weren't vaccinated? And Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe. I think so. Right. I think more people would die if you didn't force vaccinations. Uh, How many people? I don't know. Severity. I don't know. Pace. I don't know. But. I would say that in this situation, I feel it's more important to protect the freedom of the individual than it is to manage population health this literally. Population health is something that could be managed a million different ways to be better. But I think the reason people don't want to take vaccines is not because they don't care about each other. It's because they don't trust the government. And so for the government to now come out with the legislation that forces them to make a decision, I think you're just increasing the distrust, which leads to instability in society, which again, is the opposite of what a government wants. They want to keep a society flowing freely and and well. So, you know, in my eyes, I think you can make a case for why forced vaccinations are good to eradicate the disease, but it's at what cost to how our democracy runs is my question. Sometimes death on large scales during these types of world events has to happen because the alternative is a worse outcome.
1: Yeah, I I think what you're saying about America, it may be true. Like, I don't think it's the freest place on earth. They give us the perception and it's branded very well. But if you look throughout history, like of our history, there's most of many things have happened and been forced on us as citizens involuntarily, including draft
0: (laughs) honestly the only place less free would be somewhere where you have no government or shit government right that doesn't have power
1: the the kind of the issue this pandemic has kind of exposed both the flaws of government and showcase like how much they are just about maintaining power amongst a small number of people but it's also showcasing how much citizens want to talk about their independence and freedom but when push comes to shove how much they want to look to the government to save them and be dependent on them if you look at the ppe loans you look at everything that happened as a result of the government yes it's taxpayer money we're paying into some of these things but it's almost like there's this weird dynamic in america where everybody wants to be free until it actually costs something yeah, and and that's kind of like the weird dynamic. I'm not commenting right or wrong, but that's what I've observed in our country. And what I'm seeing is that I just feel like there's a lot of hypocrisy.
0: Yeah, I think all to, to your point, it's a it's a great point. Freedom comes with responsibility. Mm-hmm. If you're not able to be personally responsible for yourself, then your freedom is limited in terms of you know what you can do. And you know that's that's the other side is if you get If you take away the government entirely, you get a society where people aren't protected from risk as much Uh as they would like to be. To your point, exactly. Um, I, I think this is just one of those unique cases where it feels like a line, you know, it feels like a line in the sand to me. Like if the real problem is not about whether people should or should not take a vaccine, the real problem is that nobody trusts the government. If I'm the government, that's the problem I need to solve. I don't need to force people to take a vaccine that's just gonna exacerbate things and create a less stable society. Like the way to solve this problem is to sit down and be honest with people and explain, yeah, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what you here's what you need to know, and you make your decision. And we as a government are gonna support you, our citizens, and whatever decision you make. Here's as many facts as we can put in front of you. And so be it, right? If it's a regulation on if you're not vaccinated, you know, you have to wear a mask. That's fine. I don't think anyone has a problem with having to prove they're vaccinated or not vaccinated or wearing a mask, especially if that's enforced and, and tracked when you're going into, you know, things like sporting events. Right. I don't think anyone has a problem with that.
1: Yep. But and I think I think yeah. that's the thing. The government has failed at many levels here. Right. Like when the CDC relaxed the guidelines, why did not because everybody just wants people back in the doors and it's like how are you going to verify if people were going to be vaccinated they're not forcing no establishment is forcing people to to, to establish their vaccination status i haven't been yeah. to one place yet all the places i've traveled all the places i've been not one place has asked me um, prove that you're you're not that you're vaccinated
0: you i know had I mean? to at an nba game that's the only time i had to okay but yeah, I, I agree. Like, if, So if- that's a
1: failure in government of not enforcing, because that's a way without mandate. like you, to your point, without mandating and saying you have to take the vaccine, restrict what people can do when they're not vaccinated. And that's how you win this argument, not telling people, yeah. hey, you, you have to take this shot. That's going to make people not trust you. 100%. And the other unique issue that government's having that they didn't have 20 years ago is that they're not the only people people are listening to for information. Like I'm not going to like the surgeon general released like a video. I watched it, but how many people are tuning into what the surgeon general has to say about covid anymore, even yeah, though that's well, who we should be tuning in.
0: I'll tell you, frankly, if I listen to physicians, the chances are if they're a government physician or if they've been part of an institutional organization for most of their career, they're pretty shitty at their jobs. Mm. They don't think outside the box. They think very systematically. So I don't listen to the surgeon general. I don't listen to Dr. <laughs> Fauci. I don't listen to a single politician or government figure about anything because I don't believe that they actually know what they're talking about. Because I've met a lot of these people and they're not that smart. You know what I mean? Like That's my beef with the whole situation. If I were to put it all out there, is that I don't feel that our government has intelligent people in it. I think it has systematic thinkers who are trained to be part of a machine.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head. I do not underestimate the intelligence of these people, but what I think happens is that, like you said, they buy into a system. Yeah. You know, where a position,
0: way and a way of thinking and making decisions
1: to actually become the surgeon general. You don't it's not who's the best doctor in America. It's right. the person who knows how to play politics the best. 100%. But, but at the end. Of, but, you know, I also think there is an issue here where, you know, I do trust scientists. I do trust medical doctors that I know personally that are part of the machine because they're educated on certain things in a deeper way than I am. Like, even how yeah. vaccines work, how the the human body works, you know? Um, I, I think I,
0: that, that, by the way, fundamentally true, right? Like, everybody yeah. should have a strong understanding of the science here. But I think the discrepancy happens when one doctor says, this is the worst thing in the world. You need to wear a mask. Everyone's going to die. And then somebody else says, no, this thing is not bad at all. You guys need to chill. Like, I hear two completely opposing opinions from physicians who are equally qualified to make that statement. That's part of the problem here. There's no data tracking on this virus. There's no clarity like there's a lot in the numbers that's not accounted for and there's no degree of nuance to which we assess it. And to me, anytime there's a lack of nuance and people try to frame something as black and white, it conveys a lack of understanding of what we're talking about.
1: There's no filter to your point. There's no filter for information anymore. There was a credibility aspect That I think a society self checked on, right? Yeah. Doctors did not were very, they did not disclose their opinions. They gave the options, right? Now doctors give opinions. And that's what we hear is their opinion, their biased opinion based on their own individual thought process. Anybody who's in science knows that everything is bigger than an individual, right? This thing is massive and large. And the same thing with journalism. I think also the filter on journalism, where you had to have two two you had to verify your your data with two independent sources. None of that is happening, so there's no filter for information. People are digesting what they want to digest, and nobody, none of us knows what's true or not, and mm-hmm. we can all be manipulated to think, oh, the government's shady. Anyone can be, man-. or somebody else can be manipulated and say, well, all anti-vaxxers are just are just Trump supporters. You know what I mean? Like these are kind of this is the world we live in. And it makes it very challenging for whoever, whether it's government, to actually get the real information out in a way that we 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 absorb it and we take the action that's necessary because it's just disjointed and nothing is being verified anymore.
0: Right. Well, you know, we're seven months into a new president. And here's some of the facts the news doesn't report. Within the first month in office, we bombed Iran. There was no reason to bomb Iran other than we wanted to make a move in the Middle East. Yeah. We gave up control of Afghanistan to the Taliban. They're back in power. and We're going to talk about Afghanistan in a second. The government wants to force vaccinations. Right. These are all things that were part of the narrative, ironically, prior to in the election. The narrative was this new government coming in is going to try and take power. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening here in front of us. And I think overall, if you look at the not only the the financial state of the economy, but but the focus of the people in the White House and the people in power, what's been happening the last six months? They've been firing everybody from the White House who smoked weed ever. Yeah, it's legal in D.C. Weed is legal in D.C. Our priorities are about power and control in the government right now. They have nothing to do with the people. They have nothing to do with anything else. It's about making sure the money stays in the pockets of the people who who want the money, right, who are funding these politicians. So to me, when I look at the whole system, that's the reason for the lack of trust. And the more Internet we have, the more these things get out there, the more people are able to talk about what is really happening in the government, what is really happening with these folks who up until now had control of the narrative we were seeing. Now we're actually getting different perspectives and starting to ask some tougher questions of of the people in charge. So, you know, to me, it's like, if you're going to start to create rules that could have a lifelong impact on an entire country's health and wellness, you really, really need to account for the, you know, many other shady things that have been done in the last only seven months behind the scenes that don't get coverage, surprisingly. And last, last presidency... Every single word got coverage.
1: Yeah, I mean, what happened was that the traditional power base in politics um, was challenged by the last administration um, because it was somebody who was outside of government, right? Yeah. Um, the, there's no debating the guy. Maybe was and
0: maybe not the best challenger, to be honest. Right? <laughs> like yeah. we didn't we didn't field the best team to fight the the organization in charge, no. but and we that's, did. We did field a team.
1: <laughs> and that's the problem, right? Yeah. Like the, the, type of team, the type of team that needed to be fielded was like a Bill Gates. Yeah, right. <laughs> not, <laughs> or not Mark Donald, Cuban. Or Mark yeah. Cuban, not Donald yeah. Trump. Right? Yeah. The, as to be like the anti-power establishment or even like a Bloomberg, right? Yeah. I thought he would have been a good, yeah, a he good, would have been. A good administrator. But the, that's the problem with politics is that it's a popularity contest. And so they've learned that, but the established power is in Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi. Those are the constants. The president can change, but the constant is this like behind the scenes evil empire. And they're all in bed together, which is how do we distract everyone else while we push our agenda forward? The United States government cares about defense spending (laughs) and maintaining... America's power overseas. Yep. That's it. Those are the two number one and number two, the agenda. People come further down. The people of the country come further down that list. And that's just not stating, just speaking in generalities. That's if you analyze the data, you look where they spend money, you look at where they allocate resources, the picture becomes very clear where their priorities are. Right. With that said, though, as The people, we have to ask ourselves the question of, is this disease real? No matter how it got transmitted or how it came into existence, is it real? Yes, right? It's a real disease. We've all seen people connected to people who are dying from it, who are getting really sick from it. Regardless of whether this is the government feeding us this thing, it's a real problem that we're dealing with. Right. Does taking the vaccine overall with the data that we've seen help the problem? Overall, it seems to help the problem.
0: And in likelihoods, to your point, what's the chance that this vaccine is an evil agent of the government? Pretty low. Like, let's be real. Probably zero because the government is not that efficient.
1: Yeah. They can't think of a plan. They can't uh crack the, the the only the the people who I think this might be isn't the government. It, it's probably the drug companies.
0: Yeah, if anyone but, is is doing some crooked shit, it's Pfizer and it's Moderna. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: the government's just going along with the with with the for the ride. You know yeah, what I mean? Hundred percent. And the thing is, that's what I've accepted. The hustle is the vaccine. If you realize that the hustle is the vaccine, because in two to three years, when they stop giving this to us for free we're all going to have to spend money on this vaccine. You don't Mm -hmm. think none of these drug for-profit drug companies created a vaccine just to not make money off of it for the the good of the people. They created it to make money. They're going to give it to us for free, but then later on they're going to make us pay for it. And I'm willing to pay that price because I, I look at the trade off of normalcy of of life. Yeah. And, And that's how I think, We need to, as a society, look at this thing versus, oh, the government is trying to feed us some sort of poison pill. They're not. No, they are incentivized for things to get back to normal so that they can generate more tax revenue so that they can have more businesses opening. They can have more people spending money and paying taxes to feed whatever the machine that they need to be fed is.
0: Right. Right. And also, I'll say this, too. I mean, the vaccine, especially year after year. I think I think it resembles more of a flu shot. Right. A flu shot, a flu shot. Yeah. A flu shot's a very, you know, it's a decision people make every year. I haven't mm-hmm. gotten a flu shot in years. I don't take many medicines at all. Like I, I keep myself healthy. Right. And I think that's the takeaway is that th- these are band-aids. They might protect you a little bit. But if you have exposure, even if you're vaccinated, you'll still get a little bit sick. You know, that's yeah. that's part of it. But the overall the overall thing with your health is that mental health and physical health are the key. So as long as you're maintaining your stress at a low level, managing how you process things and keeping yourself fit, that's the best thing you can do for this for this virus. And you know, the vaccine's a personal decision beyond that, based on whatever factors you want to involve and and weigh in. But it also affects like that's the the role of government here is you know, what is the difference between what you can do if you're vaxxed or not vaxxed, right? But yep. it's not about forcing you to take it. It's about just changing the access in terms of yep. the lifestyle you're able to live.
1: Yep. And as a society, we need to ask ourselves the hard questions of ourselves, right? Like you said, the, the reason that we need vaccines, we need all these drugs, is because we, are, we live in a society whereas people, we don't take care of ourselves. Right. We don't take care of our mental health. We don't take care of our physical health. We don't pay be mindful of what we put into our stomachs and our systems. We don't care about ourselves. But then when something like this happens, we're all looking for someone else to blame other than right. ourselves.
0: Right. Exactly. You know?
1: And that's the problem is most of us don't have any personal accountability.
0: Exactly, man. You know, just to just to jump this forward talking about accountability, the role of government um, this crazy situation in Afghanistan so recap for for anyone who missed it uh, we had a date by which we said we were going to have our troops outside of Afghanistan and you know as you might expect um, we followed that date and uh, right when we had enough troops outside of the country, Afghanistan was toppled very quickly by the Taliban something that you know seems fairly obvious from an outsider's lens i'm just going to say that going to leave it at that but uh you know the real tragedy here is it's the thousands and mil- millions of women and children that are trapped over there that are now being treated completely differently than they were and you know in my eyes i think the most embarrassing thing about the situation there's two parts one is why would you telegraph your move like that against a terrorist organization that you created? By the way, America created the Taliban yep. to fight against Russia because we were scared of communism. Yep. And now they're they're running their shit and we have a problem with them because we gave them too many arms and we're trying to stop that, but you know, not doing it successfully. The other embarrassing thing is the um the evacuation of the president.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think that if you are the leader of a country and a dictator or authoritarian force comes in and they're in your office, I think it is your duty to be shot in that office. I genuinely do. And I think that it was embarrassing for the country that their entire government fled the second things got difficult.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, first of all, I, I mean, here, here without speaking specifically on the Taliban, I think what I'm about to say is probably going to be controversial in a sense that um, you're going to have a nuanced thought process to to kind of really evaluate this and understand what I'm saying is that what America does and what foreign powers do when they go into other countries is they don't take the time to understand that there's a different culture that mm-hmm. different things. What we see as wrong, they may not even see as wrong. And I'm not saying that, you know, people shouldn't have personal freedoms, but we don't what we know is what we're told about how they feel. Right. Right. Um, And if you go to another country, they'll say things like if you go to China and and you listen to what they have to say about Americans, they'll be manipulated. Right. So I try not to form a clear or like 100 percent opinion on what another culture is like if i haven't lived there i haven't experienced it and i haven't seen it firsthand what works in america may not work elsewhere what works in china when you have to manage multiple billion people you may not just be able to give them outright freedom to do whatever they want if you want to maintain your society and if you look over the last 10 to 15 years i think America has made a significant misstep in their entire handling of the Middle East in the sense that you've picked one country to be an ally with that every other country is sworn enemies of. Yeah. So you are inheriting their beef. And that's not a wise move, right? You can be neutral. I'm not saying be on the side of, of, the Palestinians, but you can't just clearly draw a line in the sand and say, regardless of what Israel does to any of these countries, we're on their side, right or wrong. That's not a, a healthy policy. Yeah. And I think that that's created a lot of the problems that we have in the Middle East. Yeah. And then it's also a poor understanding of the territory, Afghanistan, Iraq. Many people say that the Middle East was more stable when Saddam Hussein was in power. Yeah hundred you know? percent. And, and I mean, the, same, the same goes for what Obama did in Libya, right? Like, yes, Gaddafi was a dictator. He had issues, but every citizen in Libya yeah. under his power got free education. Everybody got a free home. They had access to a free home. They don't ever highlight like the trade offs, right? Yeah. Like there are costs and benefits to every society, and then taking him out of power has destabilized that part of Africa. Yeah. And he was a, he played a critical role in kind of like maintaining peace in the Middle East, too. Yeah. So it's like I always look at these situations and say there is – you can't just look at these things at surface level. There's a deeper understanding that you need to have. And I feel like America and other superpowers, the issue that they have is they are dictators. As much as they hate the word dictator and they say – dictatorships suck that's what they try to do around the world is dictate yep. every society to operate like american society or how russia operates or how china operates and it's like yep. that's not the way to do it percent.
0: just because you're christian not muslim does not make you any different that's the fact
1: yep 100 percent that-
0: you're, it's the same behavior. It's the same action. It's the projection that the way you live is the is the right way to live, and then forcing other people to do that. Like the in Libya, right? Crazy time for them, right? Or yeah. in Afghanistan right now, but it is their fight to fight. That is yes. part of what it is to be in a country and to change it and to grow it. And people do pass away. This it's not it's not a smooth ride, like. Evolution and progress is messy and it's difficult and it's painful, but it yep. has to happen organically.
1: Yep. And if you look at every situation where a, a foreign superpower has taken the side of a population of people, whether it's, it's you know the, the rebellion, the rebels who are fighting for freedom, they're never on the side of freedom. They're on the side of instituting the people that they can control the best. Yep. You know, the United States and Saddam Hussein were allies for years against Iran, you know? Yeah. Uh, But then they pulled the rug out from once he, he didn't fit the, the narrative or the needs of maintaining our power. That's when we had issues. And that's what you look at. If you study throughout history, it's never, Oh, we're trying to, we're trying to create freedom around the world. That's what America like, Says we're doing, but that's all we're trying to do is create power structures for ourselves. Why Afghanistan yeah. is so important. Pakistan is so important. It's the location of their air bases. Yep. You know, and instead of just being honest about that, we like front like it's something else. Just be honest about it. Be real. Yep.
0: Right. U.S. and the China are, and the U.S. and China are two sides of the same coin. And mm-hmm. the way we message them, is this is Drake and Kanye. You know what I mean? Republicans, <laughs> Drake, Democrats. <laughs> yeah. Republicans, and Democrats, that's Drake and Kanye, right? Yeah. Vaxing, anti-vaxing, Drake and Kanye—it's all bullshit. It's all noise. It's all performance art. Nobody's addressing the reality, which is: let's just live and be happy and take care of our families and our friends and ourselves, right? That's the
1: solution—the solutions are really simple. Yeah. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. You're not the smartest guy in the world yet. It seems like we have a better understanding of what needs to be done here than. A government that's spending trillions of dollars trying to fix yeah. fix the world right? I
0: think that's the reality is that if you try to get in a situation where you you're in charge of all of that power, then you know you're clearly not in it for the right reason. Mm-hmm. If you the- end up in that situation as a as a byproduct of you having care, caring and thoughtful work for your whole career, people want you to help lead a country. That's a different situation those are Those are some great leaders that that develop
1: yeah there's this old old adage you know they say money is the root of all evil i think it's power yeah you know, money is like a byproduct right having a yeah. lot of money buys you power but power is the issue not money i agree it's like when you give people unchecked power that's when they lose track of like right and wrong and a moral compass that they need to have to yep. to move forward
0: plus in our societal structure we There's certain people we question, but we don't really question power very much. We take it as authority and, you know, we believe that they know better. But oftentimes um, the viewpoint is as limited in every role in society. Everybody Mm -hmm. needs to empathize and think, think more about what other people's lives are like. Nobody needs to assume that they know better. It's just not true.
1: And if you question things, then you get labeled, right? Like if you actually ask the question, do we really need a president? If yep. you ask that question, then you're an anarchist, and what does anar when when you get labeled an anarchist what are you labeled? It's got a negative connotation to it right yep yep. you can't have a thoughtful discussion on whether or not we should even have a president
0: yep, should we yep 100%. all the all the
1: resources that are allocated to that one position, that one person is that necessary, or should we have a different system where one person doesn't hold all that power
0: here's my my idea i want to pitch to our listeners for a better government it's a voting system where you rank is rank right rank choice you rank Mm -hmm. your candidates if your first candidate doesn't have enough votes to win your vote moves to your second and so on and Mm -hmm. so forth right it allows third party candidates and minority candidates to have an actual vote where people won't believe that their vote doesn't count because it'll always count in that context it's an easy implementation, but we'll never see it as long as the current power structure is what
1: it is because it threatens it. Yeah. That's why when nothing gets solved. It's because it's yeah. all about maintaining the power structures that have existed in society for hundreds, hundreds of years. Yep. Right. Like.
0: Absolutely. So in other news, you know, this is the, this is the fun headline. Um, OnlyFans is now prohibiting sexually explicit content. They're not prohibiting nudity just basically porn yeah it's funny because
1: dude oh, what, like who cares first of all i didn't i thought only fans was just a porn site i didn't know that there is is there other content on there like that's that's how crazy this is when they said they're banning sexually explicit content that's what i thought it was when i think of only fans i think of Pornhub, right yeah like it's
0: it's same same bucket
1: It's the same same bucket. So, what are they going to be? What are people subscribing to now? Like, what else do people sell anything else on OnlyFans?
0: You know, I mean, I guess you can get nude nude photos of your favorite favorite person that you follow on Instagram, right? But like, just it is just bizarre. You know, it's a bizarre move. I mean, cool for OnlyFans, I guess. But I honestly have no idea where they're headed. I can tell you this because I. I have spoken to a couple of executives at OnlyFans. Uh, they are moving in a commerce direction. Yeah. So what they want to do is they want to allow essentially like a, let's say you're a female influencer, you know, you're like an insta Instagram model. You have like 3 million followers. They want to allow you to say, hey, on Instagram, I'm going to post a bunch of scantily clad stuff. And if you subscribe and pay me whatever dollars per month, you get to see some more, you know,
1: Like like a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that is going to give you a connection, you know, like you feel like, you know, you're kind of, you know, me or whatever. Yeah. 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 That's the value add for the buyer. And for those folks who are the content creators on OnlyFans, they need to add revenue streams. But I would guess that if they want to partner with a company like Shopify or somebody else to power their their store, I would guess it's probably pretty difficult to do it if they don't kind of clean things up a little bit. I'm sure if they want to raise money and they're, you know, just doing porn, it's harder. I think less people probably want to get involved. So I think this is probably a move to enable them to grow the business larger, especially from an from a mechanic standpoint around the business, like corporate. Um But it's a super random and and weird decision, super weird headline. And, you know, we'll we'll see how the site evolves. I do know they're a pretty, pretty well run company. They're they're pretty thoughtful folks over there. So we'll see kind of how it pans out. But it was such a boom last year. We'll see if if people continue to stay engaged once you take away the, the porn.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the concept of 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 OnlyFans isn't any, the business model isn't anything particularly novel, right? It's like subscription-based services, digital services have been around forever, you know? Um, but it's going to be interesting. I also think there is a powerful opportunity, right, for if it was done differently and it didn't already have the, I guess, stigma attached to it that's very clear now, it could have been a cool place for like an artist to release exclusive music. And I know some artists have done it. It hasn't been as it doesn't get the same notoriety or attention, Yeah, but you can't, the problem that they're facing is they led with and embraced how big porn culture is on the internet. It is the number one driver of consumption. They figured out a way to monetize that. Now they're going to, Pull away from that monetization and say, "Hey, we're not doing that anymore." I respect it because of that, because I know that the financial losses for them here are going to be huge, and they're still standing on principle, which is pretty cool. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and so, you
0: know, man, I, I agree completely. I think I don't think porn is is a good thing to consume, especially mm-hmm. in high volume. It's I a think, drug it's a, it's absolutely a drug and mm. you know if it's not porn it's drinking you know there's yeah. always going to be something else so it's not like it changes the state of the people who would consume it but i think as a society it's nice to be able to say hey there's certain things that we keep private
1: yeah yeah i don't want to see everything yeah. <laughs> yeah no i don't either
0: and if you do you know all the power to you right there's yeah. other places where you can do that yeah but yeah, I mean to your point, much respect, OnlyFans. That's a no pun intended ballsy decision. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how it pans out for them. Maybe they're headed to an IPO.
1: Yeah, they might be. It yeah. might be. They might be. Um we shall see. But it's uh, it's interesting. I always am intrigued by people who take um stances against their financial self interest and know it, right? Like yeah, there aren't too many of those companies and people out there anymore.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. It's really nice to see people, you know, stand for something. Saying no is the only way you can stand for something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Either that or they just made, they made enough money where they're like, okay, we can switch the narrative.
0: Yeah. They were just like, (laughs) all right, don't want to do this anymore.
1: (laughs) We have families. I can't
0: imagine that you could go home happy. Yeah, with could you that imagine, being your job.
1: Could you imagine being like a salesperson for OnlyFans and being married and going home to your wife and kids and yeah. <laughs> the type of dynamic that would create in your home life? Like, Yeah. It'd be kind of crazy.
0: Well, let me also add that this opens up their opportunity to bring in advertisers.
1: Yes, it does.
0: Changes the, the game there. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure that's an important part of this decision.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm rooting for their success um, and uh, we'll see what happens. Amazing! Sh- <laughs> you might turn from only fans to no fans. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll have to see if there's any, yeah, any
0: fans left. <laughs> so it's almost football season. We are stoked. Uh, we got um, Coach Zach Smith coming on the pod next week, talking about some Ohio State football. I'm so stoked to get back into the season see our boys do great this year. It's going to be a fun year, man. They did some great recruiting this off season too.
1: Yeah. The recruiting is amazing and the landscape of college football is crazy. Now it's like they're at a crossroads. Like we're yeah. dealing with all of this, like legal stuff going on. I think the NCAA, which is a great thing is going to be done with soon. Yeah. Um, especially as now name, image and likeness, athletes are able to make money off of their own image and likeness. Um, we should have a very interesting conversation um, about that next week, both the business side and the sports side of this thing of just the excitement, enthusiasm of of football being back. I think it's it's a great thing in terms of like social interaction and engagement to have these type of things that large numbers of people can attach themselves to and engage in and find um, find community in. Um, Absolutely. There's obviously a dark underbelly of a lot of these things that I'm happy to see starting to be addressed. Um, and the future of college athletics is one that I'm fascinated to see.
0: Yeah, me too. Well, on that note, yeah, that brings episode 96 to a close. Hopefully you enjoyed our conversation on News and Notes, which turned into a little bit of a deep dive. So that's your mystery bag for today.
1: Yeah, we went kind of deep on all of these topics. Yeah. Turn into an hour long pod without a deep dive.
0: It's the new format, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well <laughs> as always, stay moving and be you. You as fly. Pilot boys out. <laughs> Pilot boys we get on up. We don't fly we